In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Holy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O God, you have instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that through the same Holy Spirit we may always be truly wise. Rejoice in his consolation. To the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good evening. Our spiritual reading for tonight will be taken from the 40 days reflection on Lent. I will touch on the meditation on a happy and holy death. We will all die. How, when, where, nobody knows. Only God knows the day, not the hour, who comes like a thief at night when we least expect it. So Jesus warns us to be vigilant like the five wise virgin, so that when he comes, we are ready. Otherwise, when he closes the door of heaven, those who are not ready will be locked out for eternity and damned in hell. We all know we will all die sooner or later, but the question mark is how and when. Would it be due to global nuclear war Will it be car accident, heart attack, cancer, or natural death? Only God knows. Are we ready to face the reality of death? Here is a model of a happy death. Saint Dominic Sabio. Don Bosco promoted a practice he called the exercise of a happy death. This monthly celebration consisted in conference by one of the Salesians or a guest speaker on some aspect of faith development, an opportunity for confession and celebration of the Eucharist and prayers for a happy death. Don Bosco, of course, did not intend this to be a gloomy and frightening experience, but an educational opportunity to help the young people to examine their life and their relationship with God. Today, the Salesians call it 
the monthly day of recollection. Dominic always carried it out with great devotion. At the end of the prayers, and our Father and Hail Mary were recited for the one among us who shall be the first one to die. One time, Don Bosco playfully remarked, don't say for the one among us, just say for Dominic Sabio, who will be the first among us to die. At the end of April, 1856, Dominic went to Don and asked how he should spend the man of Mary in honor of Our Lady. Do your duties carefully, said Don Bosco. Speak to Mary, to your companions every day, and receive communion every day. I will, Father. What shall I pray for? Ask Our Lady for help and the favor of becoming a saint. Yes, to become a saint and to die a happy death and have her help in my last moments and be taken by her to heaven. Since Dominic began showing signs of failing health, Don Bosco called in several doctors. All admired his light-heartedness, bright wit, and quick responses. Dr. Valori examined him and remarked to Don Bosco, what a fine treasure you have in this boy. But what is causing him to fail so quickly day by day? Asked Don Bosco. He seems to be generally in poor health. He is an intense young man and puts himself under constant pressure to succeed especially in his spiritual life. What remedy can we use? There is nothing we can do medically. The only thing that might prolong his life is to relieve him of his studies completely for some time and just give him little odd jobs that will not tire him. The doctor's advice was based on the practice of that day, 1857. Today, a doctor would have put Dominic in the hospital. The general opinion today is that Dominic was suffering from respiratory infection. We should remember that in the mid-19th century, childhood death was very common. Respiratory diseases were not well understood. Dominic had developed a persistent cough. So Don Bosco with the doctor decided that it should be better if Dominic went home so that he could receive the attention his mother and family could give him. Dominic was not very happy with the decision. Why are you so sorry to go home? asked Don Bosco. You should be glad to be with your parents again. I want to end my days at the oratory, he replied. You will go home for a while and when you are better, you can come back. No, Don Bosco. I'll go, but I'll never come back. The night before he left, he refused to budge from Don Bosco's side, looking for all sorts of questions to ask. What can a sick boy do to gain merit before God? Dominic asked. 
offer your sufferings as a reparation in union with the passion and death of our Lord for the conversion of sinners and offer them with love for God, replied Don Bosco. Will I be able to see my parents and friends from heaven? Yes, you'll be able to see everything at the oratory and your parents. You will know everything that concerns them. And so many other wonderful things besides. But that is not to concern you now. You are going home to get well. Dominic kept asking many other questions. On the morning of his departure from the oratory, Dominic made the exercise for a happy death. And his companions, with great devotion, he went to confession and communion. He spent the rest of the morning packing and said goodbye to his friends. He paid back two cents he owed to a friend, saying, let's get this fixed so I won't have to worry about it when I present my accounts to God. He spoke to the members of the Immaculate Conception Sodality, insisting that they be faithful to their promises to Mary and to place the utmost confidence in her. Before leaving, he told Don Bosco, since you don't want this poor body of mine, I'll have to take it back to Mondoño. But it would have burdened you only a few days, and all will soon be over. But God's will be done. Pray that I may die well. Goodbye till we meet in heaven. Upon reaching the gate, Dominic turned back and asked Don Bosco, Will you give me a present to remember too? How about a book? Don Bosco proposed. No, I want something better. Do you want money for the trip? Yes, that's it. Money for my trip to eternity. He told me once that the Pope had granted you plenary indulgence for the hour of death. Put my name among those who can gain that indulgence. Gladly, Dominic. You can consider yourself in that number now. Dominic then walked out of the oratory gate with his father. It was two o'clock in the afternoon of March 1, 1857. He had lived at the oratory almost three years to his great joy and to the edification of both his companions and the teachers. He was never to return. Thinking that Dominic had an infection, the doctor used the accepted remedy of the time, bleeding. Dominic was bled several times. He seemed to rally. However, Dominic asked to have the priest hear his confession and give his communion. They called for the pastor who heard his confession and gave him communion. Dominic then recalled the resolutions at his first communion. Several times he repeated, Jesus, Mary, you will always be my friend, death but not sin. After the doctor left, he asked for the sacraments of the anointing of the sick. To please him, his parents agreed. On being anointed, he prayed, my God, forgive me my sins 
I love you and I want to love you forever. Dominic's mind was so clear and his voice so loud that all thought he was fine and on his way to recovery. The priest gave him a special papal apostolic blessing for plenary indulgence, which deeply consoled him. He repeated often, thanks be to God. No one but Dominic suspected he was so close to death. An hour and a half before he died, the pastor came to see him. And noting how calmly he rested, was surprised to hear him recommend his soul to God. The boy kept praying in long, drawn-out sighs. After reciting a few prayers with Dominic, the pastor turned to leave. Father, please, called Dominic. Give me a little remembrance before you go. What remembrance can I give you? A word of comfort. I know nothing better than recall the passion of Christ. Thanks be to God, Dominic answered. He then fell asleep and rested for half an hour. He then opened his eyes, looked at his parents and gasped, Papa, it's time. Take my prayer book and read for me the prayer for a happy death. For a while, he seemed to be resting. Then slowly he awoke. Smiling, he said slowly, Goodbye, Papa. Goodbye, goodbye, Mama. Oh, what a beautiful sight I see. With these words and a smile on his lips, Dominic breathed his last. According to the testimony of Charles Sabio, Dominic's father, shortly after his death, Dominic appeared to him. After verifying it was his son, Charles said, Oh, my dear boy, how wonderful you look. I don't know what to say. Are you in heaven? Yes, Papa, I am in heaven. Will you pray for us, for Mother and me? Yes, I'll pray for you. With that, the vision failed. What a beautiful and happy death St. Dominic Savio exemplified. If we are like him, if all peoples in the whole world will imitate his example, all of us will go to heaven. No one will go to hell. After listening to this story of a perfect example of happy death, what is the critical question we should ask? The critical question is this. It is not just the death that each one of us will have to undergo. All the billionaires will die. All human beings will die. The poor people will die. Now, is that all? Not at all. When we die, it is not the end of everything. The worst death is going to hell. The absence of light, the absence of Christ, the absence of goodness. That is the worst death, and it is eternity. Our temporary death here on earth 
makes us reflect on eschatology, which Catechism the Catholic Church tells us the four last things, which are they, right after death, we have particular judgment. Our bodies are still warm. We are already being judged. So the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. What happens if we are not yet fully purified, yet we don't have mortal sins? Then we go to purgatory. Purgatory means purifying from the Latin word purgare, which means to purify. And our living tradition teach us that this is purgatory. This is therefore the most critical in our life, that soon after death there is judgment. The judgment will be headed by Jesus Christ with the 12 apostles around him. And at a very slight moment, we will know exactly all the things that happen in our life. We ourselves will be the one to condemn ourselves, to see how far we are from what God expected from us. So what to do so that we don't get surprised when we die, when we are judged by Jesus Christ, we'll be rewarded as a faithful servant. There are three preparations. The first one is remote preparation. It's the best. The second is the proximate preparation. The third is the sudden death, which may be no preparation at all. Now, let me explain to you what uh, remote preparation. Remote preparation means at the age of reason, we already are doing what God has told us. That means we are obeying the Ten Commandments. In addition, we try our best to know God, to love God, and to serve God, to know God. Of course, we will not be baptized if we don't know Jesus. The prerequisite for baptism is we should have faith in Jesus Christ. And if we are already adult, we have to repent of our sins and then undergo a catechetical instruction. Why catechetical instruction? Because when Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the things that I've taught you. Now, the last word, teaching them all the things that I've taught you. The apostles met 
and they put together all the things that Christ has taught us in a summarized form. It is called the Apostolic Creed, the faith of the apostles, the Apostolic Creed. And so what is this? I believe in God. So that's the first element, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, only Son, our Lord, the second element. And uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, third element. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, fourth element. Born of the Virgin Mary, Mary, fifth element. And then the baptism. So it's uh, the seven sacraments. And then the Ten, and the, the Ten Commandments and the four last things. The, the Apostolic Creed is divided into eight basic elements of our Catholic faith. So if we don't know this, we cannot be baptized. But if we are infant, naturally, as long as we have the basis which, uh, and the promise given by our parents to educate us, because if we are not baptized and we are in danger of death, our belief is those who are not baptized will be damned. So let's go to the critical question. Are we prepared to face death, then judgment? And from judgment, our eternal destination, heaven or hell. So the three main preparations or the three main state are the those who who have remote preparation, then they have the proximate, and then the sudden death. Now, those who have uh, remote preparation, when they die, it's called happy death. Those who have uh, not prepared at all because they didn't believe in God, that's called sudden death. And remember what uh, the uh, St. Augustine said, for those who are obstinate, those who did not want to convert, since God has given us the number of days we can live here on earth since our birth, when that day comes, then there is no choice for him than to damn us to the eternal fires of hell. It is eternal because that will be the eternal home. That is the second death, which is horrible. And nobody wants to go there. And uh, a lot of atheists did not want to believe in that. And so uh, during the time of uh, St. Christian the Admirable, written by St. Robert Bellarmine, She visited heaven. She was led by God to hell. And she was led to purgatory. When she died, right after her death. And she lived a very holy life. She's a lay woman. 
But uh, Jesus Christ said, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to live again and teach people how to live their life. So what did he, she do? While she was being buried and uh, during the mass, all of a sudden, she stood up from the coffin and everybody was terrified. And the parish priest who was there, who did not leave, who did not run away, heard everything from Saint uh, Christine the uh, Admirable. Admirable because uh, how she died and then she rose again to live another 42 years. And so, uh, during these 42 years, she dedicated it in prayers, in severe penance and fasting, and in uh, almsgiving. And she did a lot of apostolate and converted all those atheists during her time. Because the atheists will say, ah, oh, come on, there is no heaven. Ah, oh, come on, there is no hell. Ah, oh, come on, there's no purgatory. Our life here on earth is, once we die, this is it. We are like animals. And she said, I just came from that. You cannot deny it. You saw me when I first lived and I died. You saw me. Now, I came back. And... What does she do? She does the harshest penance. During winter, she would immerse herself in the ice. Not for one day, for one week, doing her prayers. Christine do. She would plunge herself in the fire. And the most beautiful thing why she's called admirable is that after she gets his scorch and so on, she comes out without any scratch, not even a burned hair, not even the clothes burned. That's why she's admirable. And this attracted the attention of so many people, even the atheists. That's why she converted all the eight days during her time in the second life that was given to her to give good example to everybody how to sanctify their lives. All right, so she was teaching us the remote way of preparing for a happy death because our life here on earth is not our real home. Our real home is in heaven. Or, if we are not faithful for eternity, your terrible home will be in hell. All right. What about the proximate? The proximate is when you realize you're getting old or you're sick at any age. 
be it a childhood, be it uh, when you were a teenager or uh, a young adult or even in your old age, you already have this proximate preparation before that. What is that proximate? Among the members of your family, you're already living the uh, grace-filled, sinless lifestyle. As was told to us by Our Lady of Fatima in 1917, namely, to go to confession, adoration, rosary, and the Mass and Holy Communion, so that you're always grace-filled and in the state of grace. Because Catechism 1031 tells us, one unconfessed mortal sin is enough for us to go to hell. And so, with an agreement that when you are about to expire, a priest will be called during this proximate preparation to give you the anointing of the sick, to give you general confession, and then also to give you the apostolic uh, papal blessings, which is a plenary indulgence, when uh, the priest will absolve you from all kinds of excommunication. All right. Now, what else to give you also the privilege around the family so that in the moment of death, you will not be tempted by the devil to apostatize. They will be praying the rosary until you expire. And after that, if you don't make it straight to heaven, you still have something to purify in purgatory, then they will do a 30-day uh, novena prayer, like the one we gave during the All Souls Day, the 30-day novena by uh, uh, Father Martin Berlieu. All right. Now, what's the worst death? It is called the sudden death. Sudden death is a miserable death. Why? You're in the state of mortal sin. Then all of a sudden, car accident, heart attack, comatose, and you're dead. During the judgment, you did not pass the Ten Commandments. You did not pass the corporal works of mercy. And so where do you go? Hell. So a beautiful example of uh, a remote preparation that made a very happy death was the one we said about St. Dominic Savio. What about the proximate preparation? All right. St. Gertrude the Great tells us about a member of her monastery who died. She was one of the holiest sisters. When she died, everybody knew she goes to heaven. And in her vision, 
she realized she was not in heaven. So she told the Lord, Lord, where is my sister in the congregation? Why is she not in heaven? And uh, the Lord said, Gertrude, my beloved, look what I'm going to do. I'll call your sister in front of me. And so she called the sister in front of him. She was already brilliant because she was a nun. She was a contemplative person. And so she died a very holy death. Because when you become a nun, you really devote your whole life in prayer, in fasting, sometimes severe fasting, and in works of mercy. So you cannot but enter the kingdom of heaven. In the statistics, most of the saints in heaven, 71% came from religious life. Contemplative, you know, religious, apostolic life, and uh, secular institute. 71%. 3% only in married life became saints. 6% from the single blessedness. And uh, 20% from priesthood. So the best preparation really is to become religious because your whole life is in preparation for to face your beloved Jesus Christ. When you enter, you become spouse to Jesus Christ. So St. Gertrude said, my sister is very holy, but look now, Jesus said, and St. Gertrude was amazed, surprised. How come this nun was already so brilliant, and yet, and Jesus, with an open arm, this sister could not look at Jesus. Her eyes were still cast down, as though he has done something so terrible. It was because when she was young, she had some impurities. She may have confessed, but to purify that takes a long, long time. So St. Gertrude said, Lord, so what is the verdict of my sister? Well, I have to bring her to purgatory. And she asked the sister, sister, why don't you look at Jesus? He's already embracing you. And the sister said, Mother Gertrude, I'm not worthy. I still have to purify myself. And she went back to purgatory for a few more years until the impurity was totally eradicated. Then only after a few years, St. Gertrude again has the vision. And when Jesus extended her arms towards this nun, she smiled so beautifully, her eyes looking at Jesus in beatific vision. 
and embrace Jesus, her spouse. This is proximate. While it's good, it's not as good as when you have prepared it at an early age. What about the sudden and tragic death? Well, they don't prepare. Does it mean that those who die the sudden death, they will all go to hell? Well, by and large, yes. But there are exceptions. Take the case of what uh, we hear now from a holy nun. From, again, from the book of uh, Father Martin Berlou. There was a holy nun said, and uh, she served a, a terrible prostitute. She would change the clothes of this terrible prostitute. She got sick because of her uh, sins of impurity. You know, the sins of impurity can bring you to sickness without medicine. So she was dying. And uh, she had such a rough character that nobody could deal with her. The parish priest gave up on her. She doesn't want to repent. And the holy nun, despite all her charity, all she gets are curses. So, when this uh, unfortunate woman died, this holy nun said, surely she would be in hell. But after three days, she appeared. And she told the holy nun, sister, I am saved, but I am in purgatory. How did this happen? Well, uh, you know, when I died, that short moment before death, when I collapsed and I expired my last breath and my soul separated from my body, that short instant, I remember the prayer to the Blessed Mother, begging for mercy. And I recited it. And beside what you do not know, sister, is that bad as I am, I was praying the rosary every day. So where are you? Well, I'm still in the, in the deep part of purgatory, close to hell. So uh, I need masses. And so uh, this uh, holy nun asked a lot of priests to celebrate so many masses, as much as 100 masses. After the mass had been uh, celebrated, perhaps after 100 days, she appeared again, so beautiful, dazzlingly white. Her 
composure was so beautiful. And she said to Sister, the Holy Nun, thank you, I'm going to heaven now. Of course, not everybody has that privilege. Now, we can go very bad at the end of our life for so many reasons. But the guarantee that we don't go to hell, we still go to heaven, is uh, to wear also the scapular. The Blessed Mother said, anyone who wears the scapular will not go to hell. On condition, number one, must try to live in the state of grace. Number two, must try to be pure. Number three, must fast. During the uh, Lenten season, but during our Lenten season, we are required to fast only on Ash Wednesday and on Good Friday. So if that is accomplished and the scapular is worn every day and renewed by kissing it every day while praying the rosary, every day, the Blessed Mother promised that we will not go to hell the Saturday after our death, she will fish us out of purgatory and bring us to the kingdom of heaven. Even if you did not have the remote or the proximate preparation because you might be busy taking care of your children or working to make both ends meet. So there is so much hope with the Blessed Mother so that we will also eventually have a happy death. What is happy? Because we went to heaven. That's why this death, which was a preparation in this church militant, brought us straight to the church glorious, which is the kingdom of heaven. I hope and pray that all of you who are listening to this uh, spiritual reading will also do their best to prepare themselves already for a happy death. Uh, our life here on earth is not the ultimate, so don't build your palace here. It's a waste of time. Just a simple house where you can dwell uh, with dignity. Just what you need as a, a Christian in virtue of your dignity as made after the image of God. So don't go too far. If you have enough, don't look for more money. Or if you have more money, you share your money. You share your goods to the poor. Make sure you start now doing your prayer, fasting, and works of mercy. There are the corporal works of mercy. There are also the spiritual works of mercy. One of the best spiritual works of mercy is to catechize. That's why I'm enjoining you and inviting you 
to take part of our global family evangelization. And your first apostolate will be your family, teaching them the eight basic elements of the catechism. Since, of course, we know that uh, the reason why we are here on earth is to know God, to love God, to serve God, so that in the real home, we will have the eternal happiness in beatific vision with Jesus Christ. So in this preparation here on earth to know, we have to know the catechism, the eight basic elements of the Catholic faith, which is the summary of the gospel of the Bible. Because not knowing God is not knowing where to go, is not knowing what to do, as one poet was saying. If we think that our life here on earth is permanent, then we don't prepare. But if we know it's just temporary, we are here just for a test, then we will really know God more. Why do we know? Because you cannot go to the next step. You cannot love someone you don't know. So if you know God through catechism, through the gospel, then you can love. When you love somebody, you want to serve somebody. And how do you serve? Corporal spiritual works of mercy. Sharing. And with this preparation, we will have a happy death. Because we'll all go to the kingdom of heaven if all of us decide to do the remote preparation. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.